You mad? Yeah, I'm mad! Good and mad! Yeah! What do you want to do about it? It feels good, doesn't it? Like you're still alive, right? Yeah! Well, since you're still alive and you're not in the box just yet, why don't you tell me this theory of yours and we'll go get these guys? <sighs> okay, hot shot. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. Definitely. Then here it is. The ex-presidents are surfers. Surfers? Surfers. Cut line is going back to Cali, and the PJ Tour starts its West Coast swing in what is hands down one of the strangest formats that the golfers will see this year is the American Express Open, and yes, the pros are getting their strokes on on three courses. Hello Canada, hello USA, hello Australia, and hello UK. Specifically, we want to give a shout out to our listeners on the West Coast as they far outnumber those everywhere else. But before we get into the heart of this show, please take the time to just subscribe on iTunes. And of course, give us a positive review or a negative review. We love them all. We love the feedback from our listeners and criticism is always welcomed here on The Cut Line. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, the Fitbit wearing, tailor-made driving, typically in the 80s, wannabe in the 70s, son of gun. And you want to know what's causing all this? Love for the game, bro. Growing the game. It's as simple as that. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. But the show cannot, will not, shall not go on alone. The 6K Maestro, the lineup slayer, Mad Money Manafort, now known as Mai Tai Manafort, Zero Iron Zach at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Number 18 in your programs, but number one in your hearts. Lives in Hangover Purgatory. Mr. Karuna himself, Zach Manafort. Zach, what's up, buddy? Nothing, man. I'm just tired of this wind and rain here. It's just ridiculous. I didn't even end up going to the dang Sony Open because it was just awful. Great surfing weather, though. True, but it's cold. Everything's cold. It's like 40 mile an hour sustained winds all weekend. Shit was blowing all over my yard. I'm just tired of it. Tired of it. It's like three weeks straight now. It's ridiculous. Put that, put that wetsuit on. Get out there. Catch a wave. It's too cold, man. Grab a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up, It dude. is too fucking cold. All right. Last week, Sony Open. Good, bad, ugly. Good being your best call. Bad being everyone else's bad call that affected them, but you didn't play them. And ugly, of course, being... Your worst call. What, what? Go with it. Go. go. Jared Kelly, best call of the day. 6K, 45th place. Dude was leading the damn tournament early. I'll take it. All day long. If I can get a 6K guy that finishes in 45th, that's that's a win. A relatively unowned 6K guy as well. Not bad, not bad. Your, your bad call for everyone else that you faded. Whoa, Webb Simpson. <laughs> Old Webby. Finally got me. 
Uh, I played him in my one and done, by the way. Did you? I did. Nice. And so did a lot of people. That's, that's a. I mean, I thought I could get away with him not coming in top five, top ten, but I was wildly mistaken. All right, and the ugly, the worst call. Uh, Ches Reevy, by far. I was all over him. He's just terrible. I just... was the same way. That would that had to be my ugly call for sure. But my good call, my good call, Mister Norlander. Yeah, solid. my monster finished in ninth place. By the way, big shout out to MG Monsters and Guarantee. Our monsters and Guarantee all made the cut with Norlander actually fulfilling his monster promise. It's pretty hot. And of course, our guarantees fulfilling that. Um, bad call. Someone I faded that helped everyone else. Um, I didn't mention them on the show, but Joel Dahman. Uh, finishing in 12th place. Yeah. I, I really didn't have a lot of Joel Dahman. So it, I was surprised to see him be as successful as he was in weather. He finished tied for 12th with Sneds, Howell, and uh, Melnati, and Taylor, and Connors, and Matsuyama. All those guys who finished minus six. So, of course, then the biggest hurt to every lineup that got five of six through was Chez, Chezzy, man. Killed me. Destroyed me. Chez, man. And the Such. worst part about it was, is like, you know, I had that expected birdies are better in my model. Yeah. And his was one of the lowest. And I kind of dismissed it. And in hindsight, going back, I wish I had been more aware of how his form could just go to shit. So. It's hard to hold it against anybody, man. It was shit. The tournament was just absolute shit here. Do you think a lot of players are going to look at last week's results and realistically apply them to this week? I hope so. I'm not because no. Just absolutely no. I mean, yeah, there was some good golf played yesterday, but man, people were penalized hard by just hitting it at the wrong second when the gust picked up to like 48. It's just, it's, I don't know. I'm not holding this last week with any real, like, at all. I mean, yeah, a couple of guys I thought did well, did well. Some didn't, you know, but it was just ugly. The whole weekend was ugly. There wasn't one good day of golf. Sunday was, like, all right, but it wasn't. The the Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are all just a crapshoot. So, yeah, well, if you had one good round Sunday, you basically were in, in contention. Hey, every day of golf is a good day of golf. No, no, sir. All right, well, good stuff. So, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis of the American Express Open. We're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They're funny guys. Just kill one of them. Make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through... Help me. The cut line! Damn right. <laughs> but Zach, what are you going to be doing Wednesday night? Well, if the rain stops, I will probably be pumping out whatever is left to be flooded in my house and picking up the giant piles of dog crap that are in my backyard right now because I haven't been able to pick it up. So, exciting, exhilarating, and quite dangerous. Wait, you're getting water in the house? No, not really, but all the dog crap outside is just 
terrible. Ah. Uh, I know. I do know some. A lot of people that are getting flooded. We live up on like up on top of one of the mountains, so it's not bad. But man, there's some people I know that are just houses are just crushed with like roof tiles falling off, water everywhere. It has been bad. I hope. I hope the picking up the dog crap isn't a sign of of the lineups you're going to build this week. No, there were last week's lineups. Oh. They're still out in the yard. Damn them! Damn them, dogs <laughs> and crap everywhere. But as smelly as that sounds, do you need leverage? Because I know what I'm going to be doing on Wednesday. I'll be on FanShare Sports. And even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, FanShare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, easy fix. A very easy way, in fact. Go to FanShareSports.com and input the word Cutline in the discount option, and you'll receive 20% off your membership. Goddamn! Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. And, of course, we want to give a shout-out to PGA and Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups, better lineups, bigger and badder lineups? Both Zach and I, our process starts with these two sources, and it gives us a huge leg up when compared to the rest of the industry. Your lineup's in the gutter. It's probably because you're not using Fantasy National, and your lineups are ending on the wrong end of the flagstick. How are your lineups doing? Zach, California, American Express Open. Three courses that literally don't have a lot of teeth. Trash. This week, the golfers will play the stadium course, La Quinta, and the Nicholas course on the BEA beautiful town of La Quinta, California. And this week's Phil Mickelson plays host to the chair as his charity will receive plenty of proceeds and donations. But three courses here that are not vastly unique from one another, with the exception of the subtle differences... And to be fair, the Nicholas course plays very similar to the stadium course. Now, correlated courses would be Club de Chapultepec, the Trump National Adoro, and TPC Boston. Lastly, La Quinta is a bomber special <clears throat> and allows players to grip it and rip it. Zach, this is a special tournament. Whether you hate it or love it, what are the golfers going to be looking at this weekend? Oh, man. So we'll go from one extreme to the other. So we're going to go from a course that, you know, is wild and crazy to three courses that are Birdie Fest Central. Uh, last year, we looked at course difficulty. The PGA West Stadium course was 40th out of 49th, and that's the hardest course of this weekend. Uh, La Quinta ranked the easiest course on tour, and the Nicholas Tournament course was the second easiest on tour. So we'll see both of those latter courses played once this week. And then we'll see the stadium course played twice. Once on, uh, I believe, I don't remember what, day, what the rotation is, but and on the Sunday is when it's played again. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, all these courses are easy. All are par 72. All are between 7,000 and 7,200 yards. Uh, all on Bermuda grass throughout. Uh, we'll start with La Quinta. Uh, pretty easy. It's all bombers course. You can I expect to see the lowest scores here. Uh, the rough is negligible. There's really no challenge here. Uh, the fairways are wide. The greens are wide. Um, just shoot high, shoot low, get drive hard, and don't get in trouble. Uh, you'll do fine. Uh, the stadium course, which we'll see twice this weekend, usually shoots about two strokes over the other two courses. So, you know, just pay attention if guys are going to play that third and they are struggling or at or around the cut line. You, you, you might have an issue uh, competing against guys that are shooting on some of the easier courses. There's also water in play on nine of the holes in the stadium course, so we should, could see some guys get wet or at least end up in the bunker because there's quite a few of them. Um, 
key metrics for that one I'm looking at are par 5 scoring and birdies are better as well as some scrambling. And then the PGA West course, which uh, is moderately difficult. Uh, 7,160 yards. It's another bomber's course and, and got to be good in putting. Uh, a little bit harder on the greens. Still Bermuda. Still got some bunkers. But generally, this is going to be an easy weekend. Look at the weather. We're going to go from one extreme to the other. We're seeing crazy rain, crazy wind. Uh, this week, it's looking like it's going to be calm. We're going to see maybe one to three miles an hour. Uh, pretty much all day Thursday, maybe peaking at five or seven late in the afternoon. Friday's beautiful, nothing above five miles an hour, no rain in sight. Uh, temperature is going to be eh, probably low 60s, high 50s. So it's going to be beautiful weather to play golf. So I, I think there's going to be no challenge, I mean, <laughs> nothing to worry about. Just pick the guys that are going that are scoring well and do well in Bermuda courses, and and you'll probably be all right. Uh, for me, the stats I'm looking at this week, uh, across all courses, I'm really focusing in on the stadium course because they'll play it twice. Uh, I'm looking at par 5 scoring, birdies are better, stroke gained around the green and ball striking, uh, good drives, that'll include accuracy and distance, scrambling because there will be issues on the stadium course, which guys are going to have to get lucky and it, and it turn. And I, I mean, I was looking at some of the stats over the years and this the stadium course is usually much higher for scrambling percentages than most other courses on tour. So I'm waiting that pretty heavy. And then looking at proximity, I think, you know, I didn't see it pop a lot. But strokes gained approach from 150 to 175 seems to be the, the most common range uh, of where shots are coming in from. So I'm waiting that pretty heavy as well. And then I'm really just focusing all that on the last 50 or 100 rounds of Bermuda because I want guys to just play well uh, on these types of courses. And then I'm going to leave the rest to fate and see what happens. How about you? What you looking at this week? All my metrics are going to be weighted around Bermuda grass in the Bermuda greens. So I'm looking at strokes gained around the green, opportunities gained, birdie or better gained, good drives, sand saves, um, strokes gained, ball striking, short, sh strokes gained, short game, and strokes gained approach. Being a scores coach, I'm going to have course coach. I'm going to heavily weight the ball striking and approach shots. Um, of course, in my private model, I have my own metric to kind of calculate that the proximity and birdie or better percentage based on the proximity distance. And a lot of that comes from the from the player's drive and their accuracy and their distance. So um, that's kind of built into the model at, here at home. But um, looking Fantasy National, I, I, I'm evenly weighting everything, kind of thinking of the distribution that you're playing three different courses and only one course twice that I don't want to overvalue one course over the other. I just want to make sure I get my players to the cut and opportunity to play on Sunday. True. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This will take us to our one putt, two putt, three putt, where Zach and I look at the pricing tier from 11K all the way down through the 7K range. And we're looking for our one putt, two putt, three players that we feel are going to be successful in this range. Someone that you guys should have ownership invested in. Uh, highly successful last week. And we're gonna start off right away in that top range, that 11K range. Zach, kick it off for us, my man. Uh, a range I don't usually like, but I'm all over Sanjay. He ranks number one. Uh, he plays poorly in the wind, and last week we saw him do well. Uh, my concern is around the green. He hasn't been that great, but 
statistically for me, birdies are better. He gained, he's number one proximity. He's number eight for what I'm looking for. Par five scoring, he's number two. Um, everything else in the top 27 or better. Um, I see no reason to fade Sanjay here. I just don't care. I'm going to have probably all of them. Yeah, Sanjay ranks pretty high in my model as well. He ranks 12th overall in my private model. Uh, some red flags, though, go up with Sanjay in the fact that his approach game has been suspect of late in the last 24 rounds. And, of course, that's based on venue. Um, course, you know, looking at last weekend, you could throw a lot of that out. But um, he, he looks good. He still gained strokes on approach last weekend. He did, but he, in his last 12, he ranked 75th in the field. It's all right. In, in it's all because of the Tour Championship. Well, my approach rank model. Uh, the thing I really do like about uh, Sanjay here is he ranked 18th in my birdie of butter expectations, plus last year's 12th place finish. The course history helps, even though it's only one time, but um, having 12th last year gives Sanjay some confidence, especially after last weekend. I think as stressful as it could have been, um, Sanjay, as we like to call him, the Terminator, he's going to be ready to roll. He plays every weekend. I, he's hands down top three favorite players on tour. Oh, for sure. Um, I love the way he attacks, you know, weekend weekend and after weekend after weekend. Just doesn't get tired. I mean, how many years can he do this before he's got to, like, slow down? <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> All right, so next guy I want to mention, and I think he's going to be very, very popular come lineup lock, and that's Benny On. Mm-hmm. Now, he's really pricey. I don't. Do you remember the last time Benny On was above 10K? I cannot. I was actually shocked, but I, I love him as well. But I, I couldn't believe he was that high. So if you are cautious about play, playing him, I, I, that price point is one to say, hey, um, fade, because I don't ever remember seeing Benny On this high, even in, in, in this week of a field. Like, that, that, that makes it curious to me. So... Course history wise, there is none since 2014. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I'll have to go. Let me double check real quick, but I believe that's accurate. So that's something to give cause for concern. But his approach rank in the last 12, he ranks fourth in the field. And his approach metric in the last 24, first in the field. And his last 100, seventh in the field. His approach game is on. Nice thing to see is his putter's been hot, lady. Ranks 26th in the field. Overall ranks number two in my model. Benny on at 10-3. I think you need shares of him. I would argue, though, to be underweight on the field. Oh, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have any. I, I, he does, he has no course history. and I, I go back all the way to 2010, so he's never played here. I, I can't pay that for him. I'm just going to have all Sanjay. I don't care. Yeah. I... I I don't know where we're going to stand. I, I feel like I should make a position here, but Benny on now is becoming one of those players I want to fade. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm, I'm with you as well. So we'll see what happens. Right now I'm going to leave it as a coin flip. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to have to play some of them. I don't think I can 100% fade him. He's not going to make our, our new segment. Can't do it for me. He's not going to be there, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. A guy I want to mention, though, who has just terrible history here, but he's popping everywhere for me. Is Tony Fina? Oh. Now, he's first in my expected birdie or better, like killing it compared to everybody else. 
The only thing you got to worry about is the putter on Bermuda. I have pretty pretty terrible around the green on Bermuda as well. Oh yeah, he's terrible on Bermuda in general. Yeah. Course history here: 2016 missed the cut, 2015 59th. <clears throat> it's not like we look at Tony Finau and say course history or any of those correlated stats help him, but the fact that we got an expected average putting distance of 20.2 approach wise, he's an elite golfer in this stat category, ranks 12th overall in my approach metric. What do you do with Tony Finau? Well, like two years ago, the DFS darling, right? Sure. Last year, let everybody down. Do, do people have bad memories? I hope so. I mean, I do. Not do our, I think you have to play Tony Finau in this nope. spot. Pass. He's not a good. He hasn't been a good scrambler. He, his, I mean, his round the green game for me ranks a hundredth in his last fifty Bermuda rounds. 97th on good drives. I just, I, I keep, right? 10 5. I would rather play Benny on than play Tony Fidel. I'm just throwing it out there, man. I'm just saying, if we're, if I'm going to play someone that I don't want to play for ownership wise, I'm just going to play Benny on. And it's like, I can't imagine that Tony Fidel is going to be under owned. I don't know what his projected ownership is. I haven't looked, but I feel like he'll be higher owned than Benny on will. I don't think so. I think Benny on could end up becoming. Which is why I'm only playing Sanjay. That, 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 it goes well, back well, to like, I don't want to play either. Well, Sanjay's chalk. Good. That's fine. Terminator's okay. too chalk. And, uh, and I get why Ricky's the top dog here, but. Nope. I, I would think Terminator would be closer to Fowler. Yeah. Not $500 behind Ricky Fowler. Right. It's okay. All right. All right. Tony Fee, Tony Finau sub seven percent. Let's Fade. say he's let's say he ends up five percent. No interest. Fade. Nope. You suck. Not playing it. I hate I hate playing guys in the ten k range. I don't I don't like playing them in general. But if I'm forced to play one, I'm playing Sanjay. Why you lose? No. Nope. Oh, all right. Well, I'm gonna say this. I am gonna end up playing Tony Finau, and I'm gonna throw him in some single motherfucking entries, and he's gonna win this tournament and done deal. Good luck. I wish you the yeah, best. Yeah, I know. I wish I didn't say that. All right, the nine K range. Who you got? Molinari. That's it. One and done. I don't think anyone's going to play him. I don't know why. Uh, he has played here in the past. He's twelfth, sixty seventh in a top ten. Yeah, he struggles around the green. Sure, his off the tee game has been eh over the last you know couple of months, but I don't know. For me, on Bermuda, Molinari is dialed in. Uh, top ten for me. It, he grades out as the 10th overall play. His good drives, ball striking, and around the... And what else? Really, that's about it. But I don't really like anyone in the 9K range in general. But I'm, I'm sticking with Molinari. I think he, he'll be the lowest on guy in the in the range of guys that I would want to play. Yeah, Molinari, right now I'm looking at sub uh, single-digit ownership. That yeah. could go up or down based on, on touts and what they say. But If he's under um, 10, I will definitely play him. If he's over 10, I'll reconsider I won't play Ca- anyone in the 9K if he's over 10. Cause for concern for me is his current status in terms of his game and the way it's looked. Sure. When you know he, recently he's been terrible in approach. Yep. He's always been a terrible putter. Uh, he's just overall in the last 24 rounds he hasn't had it, and he hasn't put it together. He's an elite golfer. Don't get me wrong, 
Molinari, like looking for a bounce back, especially after last year. The one thing that I like about Molinari, and my expected birdie or better, he ranks 13th. And in addition, you're looking at an average putt distance at about 21.8, which I like to see, especially for birdie makers. Um, his bounce back is pretty high. Not that we're going to have a lot of bogeys or double bogeys here, but the fact that he's able to recover from any mistakes pretty, you know, pretty easily. I, I like that spot for for uh, Molinari. He's averaged a uh, 28th place here at this tournament specifically and has not missed a cut since 2014 with a 10th place finish in 2015, 62nd in 2016, and a 12th place finish in 2017. Did not play here the two years prior. So Molinari is in play. The guy I want to mention who I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going to finish top five of this tournament and potentially Ooh. win Scotty Scheffler. Wow. And this is a guy who has not played this course. Hmm. Historically, not the best putter on Bermuda, but in his last 12 rounds, he ranks 35th in the field. Consistency. That's what I like seeing from Scheffler. Ninth in his last 12 uh, rounds in my overall stat metric. He ranks 20th in my approach model. He ranks fourth in my expected birdies that are better gained. On top of that, he has a ridiculous putting distance average of <laughs> 17.1 feet. That is a 35.7% birdie maker right there for Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler at 9.5K is like my lock. I'm going to be incredibly overweight compared to the field. I don't care if the field is on at 24%. I will be at 48. I don't care if they're at 50. I will be at 100. I love Scheffler here. That is, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I mean, for me, he ranks out 14th overall in the field. I just have a real big issue with his scrambling and, and his proximity from the range that I really, really think a lot of shots are going to come in from. From 150 to 175, I, I see he struggles there. But everything else, man... Top 15 for me in, in every gradable category. So I, I see it. I just worry he falls into the Benion, no course history. I, I don't know. I, I like the call. I really do. But I don't know that I can get on board. So that expected better, or better distance calculation, I don't have one single shot for Scheffler coming in that 150 to 175 range. Really? I have six coming in that 125 to 150 range, and I have four coming in that under 125 range and of course four coming in that 200 plus part fives and everything of that nature so this the this week the expected birdie or better i'm taking a, an average of all three courses in those metrics so that 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 prox prediction that right there that was based on the stadium course where they will play twice on um la quinta we're looking at scheffler being in that 150 to 175 range zero times and on the Nicholas, I think it's probably similar, where, where he's just not going to be in that range that you're looking at, mm. which is okay. But, of course, that's also expected based on drive average and, and that he's driving the ball as well as he always does. And we, we know it's changed. It's, it's not a fair predictive model that, that's binary by any means, but it is something to give you a good idea of what could happen this tournament. Anyway, Scotty Scheffler, he's going to be popular. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on board with this chalk. I like it. I, I won't be with you, but I do, I do, I like it. I agree with it. All right, let's go to the 8K range. Kick it off for us. 
Oh, let's see Yeah, Mr. 8K. I'm going to start with... I really do think that Russell Knox has a good chance to, to make some noise this week. Uh, his course history here is pretty solid. He had 18th last year, 29th year before that. Uh, going back a ways, he missed a cut, had his 13th prior to that. So, he, you know, he's, he's done well here for where he's priced. Uh, statistically, for me, he ranks 7th overall in my model, and that's based off of 50 rounds on Bermuda courses, and that's mainly because his ball striking, good drives, and par 5 scoring have been some of his leading categories in this area. Uh, I don't know where he shakes out at as far as ownership goes. He hasn't done much recently. He 32nd last week, uh, you know, 20th RSM. It's really his best finish since we saw him last year was his Bermuda Championship where he finished 11th. So uh, not going to jump out and scream pick me to a lot of players, but I do like him the best out of this whole range. Yeah, Russell Knox is a solid call. I, I, I'm on board with that. We're looking at it probably about... I mean, he's going to be popular. There's no doubt about that. You think? Yeah. He kind of fits that mold, the course history mold, all those kind of little... Like, he, he's made three or four cuts here, and he's averaging a 20th place, top 20. For a guy at 8,100, you're getting a top 20. That, that That's GPP win territory right there. Yeah, I'll take that. You'll be sweating. So, so I do think there'll be some ownership on Russell Knox, but I agree with you. I think he fits this course very well. I think all his intangibles are in play. I do question his birdie uh, ability, but the field is so soft that yeah. I don't I don't think it really matters here. That Knox isn't going to have to compete with the likes of like Brooks Kepka or anyone who's just going to be a scoring machine. So um, Knox is a solid call. Cool, that's good. I like it. Who else you got? I'm going to go to our tournament host Phil Mickelson at 8,700. Now, in my private model, does not rank very high. The 50 year old has been off. His rocker, literally, <laughs> recently in his <laughs> recent form. But, you know, Phil has become a tweet-happy machine, one of my favorite guys to follow. And I don't know if you saw it. He's in, in incredible shape now. Um, I, yeah, I have seen some of that. Yes, he is. Like, he has lost so much weight. I don't know if that's going to help his game, hurt his game. But I'm most definitely going to buy into the fact that I think it's going to help his game. Any kind of physical change that's going to make you stronger, better, kind of like really reinforce your core, especially for golf, I'm going to buy into it. Phil wants to succeed. He's also the host here. There's going to be extra motivation for Phil Mickelson to be playing on Sunday. It, there just really is. Um, one thing I do like about Phil, though, he ranks 11th overall in my expected birdie or better. And we know Phil's short game prowess. Even though he's been pretty cold recently on Bermuda, he's still awesome around the green. He's an awesome putter. So, Phil's in play for me. Yeah, I see the appeal. I mean, I'm not worried about the pressure with him hosting the tournament. He can handle the media. He can handle it all. I just I just don't think his form, as you said, I, I don't know. He, he does not grade out well for me. I, I'm going to pass on him here. Um, but, you know, I, I, there's no reason not to play him. If he's on, he's on. He can come up with some creative shots. This course is not hard and he's got good history here so I, I get it i'm just i don't have any of them this week i think he's properly priced too yeah i think he's right he's right where he needs to be i think it's, it's perfect so uh, the last time we see him in like a real competitive tournament would be the bmw um where he finished 48th after that he was in the, like the shriners the safeway the cj cup uh the hsbc uh the wgc hsbc where he finished 28th place so um, if you do recall, though, last year, Phil kind of had that early resurgence early in the West Coast swing. 
um, where at the WMPO finished fifth, the AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble finished second, um, at the Genesis finished sixth, and then won the WGC Mexico. So if you're looking at last year, this is kind of where like Phil played his best golf. True. And then it was after that that it all kind of like came to a crashing halt. That's true. You're right. So, no, he won the ATT Pro Am. I was looking at 2018, 18. Last year, he won the ATT Pro Am, yep. and he won the American. Exp- he finished second last year in the in the Amex. So, I, I like Phil. I think he's a solid play in this price range. <sighs> Don't talk me into him, please. Do it. Play lefty. <laughs> I do not want to. But he sounds right. better every time you say something. But I, I can't. Anyone else? Uh, I think Ryan Moore is an interesting, an interesting individual here. To me, he grades out number number two in my model, but he just doesn't. I mean, he withdrew twice going back to 2010 here, and he has two other finishes: a 42nd in 2012 and a 10th way back in 2010. Other than that, he hasn't played here. But statistically, statistically speaking, on Bermuda courses, he is number two in ball striking, four in good drives, 10th on par fives, 13th in proximity. And 15th round the green. I mean, for 8,300, he screams, play me. I don't know if it's a trap, but I will have some Ryan Moore. I'm going to have a lot of Ryan Moore. I think he's going to be single-digit ownership. Oh, then I'm definitely playing all sorts of um, I, I at, at this point in time, we got, we got some, some time to figure that out. But ranks 11th overall in my private model. In my putting metric, ranks 20th in his last 12 rounds. In my approach metric, ranks 4th overall when you do the weighted weighted like he has the game for this course where he should have a lot of success so i'm all about ryan moore yeah i like it it's weird that we aren't agreeing on people it's true something's not right this is unprecedented something bad's gonna happen all right 7k range let's switch it up here i know we are not going to agree on some of these guys but one guy we are both going to agree on who i don't think either one of us mentioned last week but we both played is Zach Johnson. True. I was all over Zach Johnson come lineup lock Wednesday night. I should have tweeted it out. I, I was, I was, yeah, I don't know why we didn't talk about him as a strong wind player as he is. Like, I don't know why we didn't, didn't mention it. Uh, I don't know. We're trying to hoard all the glory for ourselves. (laughs) Oh, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. But Here's the concern I do have about playing the Zach Johnson play. Am I expected birdie or better? He ranks 96th. That frightens me because you know who looked exactly like this last week? Uh, Ches Revy. Yes. <laughs> Ches Revy popped everywhere. And then in that oh, expected yeah. birdie or better was like near the bottom. So we're going to have to do a deep dive here. Zach Johnson, go break it down. I mean, for me, where he struggles is birdies are better gained and scrambling, which is is a red flag for this week, especially when you know his strength last week was wind. Okay, so yeah, he he did great because that's the kind of weather he plays well in. We saw him do that over the pond, and we know he can. But this week on a soft field with easy scoring conditions, I just don't know that he hangs. And I think this is what what we kind of mentioned earlier. Are we going to get caught in that trap of looking at last week's results and taking them as 
take them for what they were. You know, some players are great in the wind, others are not. Or is Zach Johnson actually returning to form? Because when he's made the cut here, he's averaged a 17th place finish. Sure. 28th in 2019, 20th in 2018, and then in 2014 he was 3rd. So that's as far as my numbers go back. But he did miss the cut for 3 straight years in 15, 16, 17. So not counting those missed cuts, an average place of 17th. You know, at 7,700, that, that's a bargain if Zach Johnson gets 17th place in this tournament. I don't know that he can get 17th place. I mean, the, be- the mo- best we've seen him do is Sanderson Farms in September where he got 14th, and that field was super soft, and the conditions were amazing, and he just crushed tee to green. And, and I don't think he does it here. I, I don't think I have a good enough sample size to say that he's back in form. Last week was an anomaly where he may have just gotten lucky. I mean, the RSM, he looked terrible. Um, the Shriners, he was terrible. I don't know. I think the more I look at it, I want to play him. And I, I, as you say, compare it to Reeve. But Reeve last week graded out so much higher for me than, than Zach Johnson does. So I don't know that I, I go this way. I might have a share or two, but I, I think I'm talking myself off of him now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think I, I don't think I like him anymore. I real as I'm looking at some of the trends from last year. I don't. I just don't think he's in form. I don't think he's coming back around. So now we're going from we're going to play him in our one two putt one putt two putt three putt to now who we're not playing. This yeah. is the wrong segment. I think I think he's just made my not not going to can't do it. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get there when, when we can. <laughs> I mean, there there is a common trend here with, with Zach Johnson. His strokes gain total on average is gone way down. Yeah since his best elite forms of 2018 and in 2019 and kind of when he made that that club change is when we've seen Zach what does he play now the PXGs or PNGs or whatever they're called I don't even know he doesn't he's not in his 2018 form I'll tell you that much not even close um so It'll be interesting to see where ownership ends up on Zach Johnson. He's never, he hasn't been that high at all this year. Well, he never is because he was so bad and he burned everybody. Yeah, that's true. So. He's 5% last week. His approach game's not terrible. We're looking at top 25 approach game form consistently. Yeah, I'm with but, you. Where we're worried about recently is his around the green game, his putting game. Yep. Which I mean, both, his both putting are game very is, heavily weighted here. I, mean, I just, I don't know. I can't do it. I think I'm. I think I'm with you. See, I think we're both. I think it's it. I don't think it's worth it. I think there are better plays in this range than. I'm turning him in red. It's done. X. E- even though I'm not going to mention it, can't do it. Can't do it. All right. Another seven K guy I have a lot of interest in is Harris English. I think he's going to be single-digit ownership at this point in time. Could creep up in like 12, 13% range, depending on who else talks about him. So keep your mouth shut there, you know, D-Gen and everyone else who likes to ruin all our sneaky plays. But anyways, six in my expected birdie or better range. And his approach rank model ranks seventh in his last 12. So he's coming in approach-wise on fire and fuego. I love that about Harris English. Um, lastly... His average finishing position, 
31st. Ooh. He has not missed a cut since 2014. Harris English is a solid play at 7,700. That's fair. I like that. I don't have him, but I like it. Who else are you playing? Oh, you're not gonna like this. I don't care. I, I love him. I don't. I don't care. I'm a, I'm a fan. 7,100. Taylor Gooch. Gooch has burned me so bad. He's 31st right. in my model. His proximity game is on point. Number two on Bermuda Greens from 150 to 175. 37th in strokes gained par 5 uh, he got 4th here last year so he does have some course history sure he got 67th the year prior but he wasn't the Gucci the Gucci guy he was now so I'm all about Gooch he made the cut last week at the Sony 63rd finish sure whatever I'm not really holding all those stats to heart but I think he, he can bounce back here on an easy course where he's finished high and he's in my opinion he's underpriced at 7100 probably about 500 Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm going to go to Aaron Wise, who sadly was very popular last week and missed the cut. No, I did not play Aaron Wise, and neither did you. We were not on Aaron Wise last week. I did. I had one share of Aaron Wise. Oh, what are you doing to yourself? Why and you it, doing and it was a five of six because of Aaron Wise. Well, we all, we all know Wise struggles with the short game, struggles with the putter on Bermuda specifically, but... He's kind of middle of the pack in his approach ranks. Overall, though, and the metrics that I'm looking at, which include in my home uh, in my homemade model ball striking approach around the green scoring and birdie or better percentage, he has a weighted average of 14th. He ranks 14th in that model. Hmm. On top of that, eighth in my expected birdie or better, and then he's kind of like in the upper 20s uh, in terms of rank of expected putting distance at 20.7 now how bad of a putter is aaron weiss he's terrible at that distance he only has a birdie percentage of 12 and a half percent so but the thing i love about aaron weiss he has a 36.1 bounce back percentage which i believe is like top five in the field so if he does make a bogey which is more than likely for mr aaron weiss we're looking at a par or better that following hole. So that that's something that I like to utilize. This tournament specifically since 2014, three appearances, missed the cut last year, but before that a 17th and a 34th place for an average finish of 26th overall. I love Aaron Wise. I think I'm going to have a lot of him. And as long as he stays in single-digit ownership, I would love to have Aaron Wise be that guy where everyone goes, Man, I knew it. I should have played Aaron Wise. Fuck, you didn't know. <laughs> I told you to play Aaron Wise. I, I think he's a solid play this week. No, uh, I can't. I can't disagree with you there. I think he's gonna. He's burned so many people last week that no one's gonna be on. And there's no reason not to play him. All right, who else do you have in this range? Uh, there's not a whole. Other, I don't want to mention everybody, but I'll, I'll throw a couple names out that I think will be lower on than I'm gonna have some interest in. I think Scott Piercy at 7,400. Uh, based on his history on Bermuda, and he's done all right here in the past. I think he's he's underpriced. And then a guy I'm going to take a shot on, which I I don't know. I, I still think this is it's going to be the way. Is Sebastian Minot is at seven seventy four hundred? Yeah, he's terrible off the tee, but I feel like on par fives, and for some reason he ranks number two for me for birdies or better gained on Bermuda, and I'll take that because I think it's going to be key here. And if you can put up solid numbers, then have a chance to do well. Although, he's missed the cut here twice in two attempts, so take that for what it's worth. But I'm taking a stab. 
I'm going to trust the data here. See what it says. All right. I, I think your chalk in this range, without a doubt, is Vaughn Taylor. Yes. I do think he's a good play, though. Yep, I, I I'm not going to say don't play him, other than the fact if you are averse to eating one of the chalkiest plays on the slate, he could potentially be top play because of his price point, his form, and kind of where he hides in this 79 range. Um, but he only has an average finish place of 24th. Since 2014, two or three missed cuts. Missed the cut in 2018, 7th last year, and then 2017 and the 41st. So... Just want to mention Vaughn Taylor in this 7K range, and that'll do it for our one putt, two putt, three putt. Uh, uh, uh. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So it's that time, our new signature segment. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't do it. These are the golfers who we anticipate 10% or higher ownership that we say do not play. Can't do it. I love this segment, by the way. I do too. I love it. I absolutely love it. I like it because there is no other podcast out there that does this. No. So those of you guys that want to play these guys, don't do it, Zach. Kick it off, my man. Kevin motherfucking Kisner at 9,900. Coming off a fourth place last week at the Sony, 14th at the Tournament of Champions, 17th at the Hero. He looks to be in fantastic form. And you look at his Bermuda course history, he's also like incredible. 12th overall line model, 8th on good drives, grades out incredibly well. But then you look at his course history here, and it's just mediocrity. 57th, 50th, 25th, miscut, 48th, 27th, 11th, miscut. I mean, I'm not paying $9,900 for a guy that can't get a top 10. It's just not happening. Too many people are going to be on him. He, I just, I can't do it. Won't do it. Not happening. Can't do it. My first can't do it is Paul Casey at $10,700. Now, I'm not saying that Paul Casey won't make the cut, but I am saying that he will not match his salary expectations. I would look at an implied, implied projection of 101.65 points for Paul Casey. That certainly is not going to happen this week. Thing I don't like about Casey, he ranks 76th in my expected birdie or better model. On top of that, in his two appearances since 2014, one missed cut in a 58th place in 2017. Can't do it. Can't. No Paul Casey. No Paul Casey. Number two for me, Abraham Answer at 80... What the hell is he? I don't even know if I can't do it so much. 8,900. I mean, yes, okay, he had a solid week last week. He finished 38th, uh, win kicked his ass. But, you know, before that, he was trending in a good direction. He had 8th at the OHL, 8th at the OHL, a 4th WGC, HSBC. Looked to be in great form. Uh, history here is actually pretty well as well. He got 18th last year, and 76th before that. But he was coming into good form. But there is no way in hell that I'm paying 8900 for answer when he is just doesn't grade out well at all on Bermuda. I have I'm staying as far away as I can. Can't do it. Won't do it. Moving on. Mm. My can't do it. Won't do it is a sneaky analysis play of Chucky Three Sticks. Charles Howell the third at ten thousand one hundred. Now Howell in every model that I have grades out 
fantastically except in his recent form my overall rank in the field last 12 rounds ranks 92nd in those metrics 20 in the last 24 rounds 76 if you look at his approach rank in the last 12th rounds 127th in the field his approach metric in the last 24 rounds 99th in the field historically he's been solid on this course like incredibly solid he's had 58th place finish in 2014 2015 58th 11th 12th 20th 34th with an average finishing of 32nd place that's six of six straight cuts my problem howell is not in the best form right now he's not going to be able to keep up with his price point can't do it won't do it i like it my final one i'm going to dip down all the way to 7800 and i think it is just trap city i am not playing kevin Na. no chance he is just terrible when i look at his bermuda courses he ranks 133rd overall in my model and i think you know i look at his course history here and i think people are going to get sucked in uh, he's only missed a cut once uh, out of his eight times he's played here he also has a third a fifth and an eighth if you go all the way back to 2010 over the years so he has shown the ability to play well here but i just i don't know kevin Na burns people all the damn time and i will not have any part of Kevin Na when he's going to be over 10% owned in a place where he could easily let everybody down. So I am staying, I'm saying not enough. Can't do it. Won't do it. $9,000 Matthew Wolf going to be popular looking anywhere from 14 to 18% ownership. Okay. Middle of the road in terms of his overall rank, middle of the road in his putting rank, bottom half in his approach rank. When you look at his expected birdie or better, he's in the middle but the worst in terms of expected average putting distance of 32.7 feet. Granted, he has a 25% birdie or better percentage from this rank. I still don't see it as a positive when you are putting that far away and you gotta get that tiny little ball in that <laughs> tiny little hole. So um, that's your problem, isn't it? Always. Now, last thing, no course history since 2014. Matt Wolf, three different courses. I'm anticipating a lot of ownership that I am not going to have. Matt Wolf, 9K, can't do it. I like Matt Wolf, but I agree with you here. Not going not gonna to have any. Yeah. In our last default one that we mentioned earlier, Zach Johnson, we both during this show have come to the belief that <laughs> Zach Johnson is a can't do it, won't do, do it. it. God, I love that segment. It's so good. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. But I guarantee. Moving on to the next Martin best segment Pillar. in the whole miscut. podcast. <laughs> this is your segment, <laughs> my man. This is not. This this is your Martin Pillar effect. The MG Monsters in Guarantee, where our monster, a player who is in the 6K range, going to finish in the top 25, and our guarantee, our 6K player that we guarantee to make a cut. Just for the record, my monster hit. We should keep track of this. We I am should. One, we I'm should. one for one. It's all right. You're over. 
Oh, come on. My guarantee made it through. Your guarantee made it through, but like right, we're talking. Mon- I'm winning fine. this week. I'm winning this week. Ooh. All right. Who are you doing first? Monster or guarantee? Monster. Kevin Chappell is going to win the event. He ranks six for me. Win the event. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll top 20 or better. I guaranteed, for sure. Monster. Uh, what is he? He ranks six overall for me for 6,700. Uh, he struggles around the green, but everything else, he is phenomenal when it comes to Bermuda greens, and it has shown on this on this course. I mean, two years ago he was sixth. Uh, a couple of years before that he was eighth, and then a handful of other times he finished in the fifties and thirties. So he has shown the ability to power through and just absolutely destroy this course. And I think for sixty seven hundred, I will take a guy that has gotten two top tens or better uh, in his in his course history here, and I will play him every single time. So Kevin Chapel, monster, will make it. Right, I, I need to say this. There are so many names in this 6K range that scream like my type of play. Oh, yeah, and, there are. And I'm I'm not happy about it. So I'm going to mention these guys first, who I did not pick as my monster guarantee. <laughs> not to say that they're not bad plays, but you're going to laugh because you're going to be like, damn, that is a your play. All right, first one, Burgoon. Yes. I saw him and instantly thought that you would make, he would make your list. Uh, I... I it was so hard not to play him. Okay. It was so hard not to play him. All right. Let's keep going. Luke List. Yep. Knew it. <laughs> totally, totally fits my mold. Johnny Vegas right nope. there. Fits my mold. Warensky fits oh, my mold. Jesus. I. It took every bit of grit to not pick one of those guys. So. <laughs> I love it. Dude, that, love this it. 6K range is like calling for me to suck this week. Anyways. My monster, all the way down at $6,300, is Mr. Jason Hadley. Ranks 10th overall in my model. 6th in my aggregate model. Recent form on the putting green has been struggling, but I'm okay with that because his approach game is always pinpoint. He ranks 17th overall in my expected birdie or better average and an expected putting distance of 22.1 feet. Course history, nothing that I'm going to write home about. Four missed cuts since 2014, and one made cut of 42nd place in 2018. Now, this is bold, man. Hadley, monster, top 25. The metrics here say he can't do it, but I'm going to say he will do it. Jason Hadley is my monster. That is an interesting call. Hey, you called Jerry Kelly last week. Uh, and I and I was right. Just All saying. right. Who's your guarantee? Oh man, here's I'm gonna, I might be over on this one, but I, I really feel I really feel it's coming, and so I'm guaranteeing it, and it's <laughs> it's so bad. Oh man, I, I just 39 year old Kevin Stadler at the bare stone minimum 6K. Now let me let me run let me run it back for you here. He has played this course's course four times, but hasn't touched it since 2014. But he has made the cut four out of four times. Now the problem being, he hasn't made a cut on tour in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 11, 12 events. It's time. Stadler's coming back, and this goes back to 2015, by the way. So hold your breath. He is coming back. Before that. In 14 earlier, he went on a string of cuts that just goes back all the way to 2014. So, I... It's so bad. 
Over his last 50 rounds of Bermuda, he ranks number 19th in my model. And if a guy ranks number 19th and has 50 ranked court uh, ranked uh, events in Bermuda, I'm playing him at least a couple times. Uh, ball striking and good drives are the two things that he stands out on. And that's all you need here to be successful. So I think he puts together three solid rounds, sneaks through the cut, and then just blows up on Sunday and does terrible. But I'm taking him. 6K. He's, he's mine. I I play your guys, so I hope you're right, Andy. <laughs> I... I feel so good about the Jerry Kelly pick last week that I felt like I had to find another guy that was 6K, and it was between him and JJ Spawn. So I'll let, uh, I'll let you in on that. <laughs> you're just torturing yourself. My my guarantee is 6,700 Stuart Sink. He just really fits this course mold, ranks 26th overall in my model. Expected birdie or better average, ranks 10th at 4.10. Has expected putting distance of 20.6. Uh, historically, course history, not the most favorable, but I'm okay with that. I think he's in really good form right now, especially at 6,700. So Stuart Sink is going to be my guarantee. He will make the cut and be playing on Sunday. I like that. So, um, I know it's not part of the segment, but I do want to mention that Cameron Tringale is going to be 16.6%. Just so you guys know, even though he has my favorite name, when Cameron Tringale is chalk, I do not play Cameron Tringale. I just needed I every time he's on a slate I gotta say his name. Fair enough. So Some you'll know. Just throw that out there. Some you'll know. Number one around the green, number one in scrambling. Alright. <laughs> Fun times at the oh, cut line. Oh you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. All right, that is a wrap. The cut line is over. It is all over. Yeah, yeah. We have the American Express Open. Lineups lock on Thursday. West Coast Swing will continue with the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. Oh, yes. Then the Waste Management. It's almost here. I know. It's fun times here in PGA season. We want to make a big shout-out to the PGA Tour. A shout-out to Fanshare Sports to fantasy national all tools that help us make our best lineups zach i want to thank you for another wonderful show it's all you dude no way man everything about this show screams and reeks of your awesomeness no pass (laughs) and of course we want to thank you the listener for spending your precious time with us get those wins in boys and next week next week we'll have a giveaway why not right sure what the hell all right get those wins best lineups you can build later boys peace